What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What they discovered upon their arrival was almost unspeakable. We thought all God, I should have known when you started <laughs> laughing before you even started. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not talking to you a dog today. Oh my god, this is Janelle. So this stupid. is the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. I'm Vicky, <laughs> the non dog. If what kind of dog would you be if you were a dog, though? I wouldn't be a dog. Would you be a cat? No, a turtle, penguin, penguin. No, I'm talking about like pet penguin. You go get pet penguin zero to ten. I'd like to say that I would be a dachshund, but I don't got that dachshund energy or spirit. No. Yeah. I feel like I need a dog that's tall and lanky and derpy, but also sleeps a lot. A shih tzu? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I feel like I'm more in like, I don't know. I think I'd still be a small dog territory. Personally, like the dogs that I like mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. are small dogs. Yeah. Like my dream is to own a Yorkie. That would be like mm, the, the best. smallest dog. Yeah, literally. Which is hilarious because if you know me, I'm 6'1". I'm huge. Mm-hmm. Like with a tiny it's little dog. It's to be able to hold a dog. I think I'm yeah. more of a Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. You know, fluffy, showy, can be a little mean. <laughs> but if we oh. connect, boy, I'm a sweetheart. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If this is your, a podcast, not about dogs. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah, right. If this is your first time listening, a special hello to you. If you're a returning listener. If you're an oldie, you're a goodie. Then you're a goodie, yeah. Um, we got a great show for you this week. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked this. Oh, I was talking about the barking. Oh, now that I'm no. not, about not it. pleasantly surprised, just surprised. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome, America <laughs> and overseas. <laughs> Before we get into that, let's head over to the newsroom. I wasn't sure what I was going to do, but I went with it. Oh, God. <laughs> Just came out of my soul. <laughs> this week, our news is it's ABC News from Maryland, where a man is charged with first degree murder. Of a crab. Okay. No. <laughs> of a person. Of Maryland. Of a human. <laughs> oh, God. Um, with a crab. So. <laughs> murder of a human with a crab. <laughs> no. None of the above. Damn it. Uh, Police were called to report of burglary and theft in progress at a Lowe's around 1240 in the morning. They came to find 20-year-old Bryce Caleb Timothy Brown um, said that he had broken into the Lowe's, stole a forklift, Mm -hmm. and then rammed it through the rear gates. Mm -hmm. He then drove the forklift from Lowe's to Home Depot. Okay. <laughs> and he rammed a vehicle that was at in the parking lot. Inside the vehicle was 73-year-old Gloristine Pickney. Says Brown didn't know this woman. She was leaving the vehicle. <laughs> okay. And 
Yeah. So she woke up, got out of the car, started running away, and Brown chased her down with a forklift and ran her over. Okay, forklifts don't go that fast, though. No. No, no, no. <laughs> She's 73. She should have stayed in the car. Yeah. But I don't know what forklifts I would do if somebody was... Forklifts limit, bro. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> so, yeah. So he was arrested. Well, now ch- charged with forced, forth, uh, first-degree murder. Forklift excuse me. degree. Forklift degree murder. <laughs> Um, he has been, he's in custody, um, awaiting trial, but yeah, uh, Pickney was pronounced at the scene. So, oh, wow. There's that. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, that's like a cartoon. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. On that sad fucking note. (laughs) Let's move on to Netflix and kill. This week is an Amazon Prime and dine i don't know amazon um prime and crime amazon prime and crime <laughs> which i cannot believe that it has taken so long for us to get to this because i literally <laughs> watched it amazon prime and crime alliteration yeah. <laughs> oh no to what we're going to be talking about okay. because when it came out i watched it twice in 24 hours the day okay. it came out i'm just okay. saying oh I'm just no saying. okay i'm trying to think what it is now <laughs> yeah so we are going to be talking about shiny happy people okay okay yeah. yes okay, now, yeah yeah dugger family secrets mm-hmm. um so if you're not familiar, the Duggars were on a TV show called, um, well, it originally was called 18 Kids and Counting, and then they added an additional child and called it 19 Kids and Counting, um, followed Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar, who were all members of the IBLP, um, which is the International something, something, something. What's the, num- what's the letters again? IBLP? IBLP. IBLP. I forget what it stands for. International Bitch Likes Pedophiles. Institute <laughs> Institute in Basic Life Principles. Wow, that was close though. International yeah. Bitch Likes Pedophiles. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so their family, um, members of this IBLP church cult, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, of church. <laughs> yeah, cult church, right? He, I, I, the family itself, I mean... Was interesting just because of the amount of kids that were in it. Ew. Um, I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at the time, so it started in 2004. I'm sorry, it wasn't even 18. It started with 14, um, 17, 19. <laughs> yeah, they talked, I mean, it basically, it was sort of this era in reality TV where it was like, let's follow everybody in their lives. And, you know, really sort you, of. A, she didn't have to push at the end there, you know. Yeah. No muscle tone whatsoever. Well, she was also (laughs) running into a lot of health problems. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. Are you fucking cattle, (laughs) ma'am? Yeah, right. And part of the um, IBLP's, like, uh, doctrine is the quiverful movement, which if you're you're unfamiliar um, with the quiverful, it comes from Psalm 127.5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. So, um, quiverful arrows. <laughs> yes, it essentially means that you want to have as many children as you can possibly have until God stops giving you children, right? Until your wife dies. This is just basically. the Duggar family show, okay? Then People all of a sudden, it up. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it comes out that Josh Duggar, who I believe is the eldest so. of the, all the brothers. Mm-hmm who was married and had children involved in a bunch of stuff turns out that he had forcibly touched at least five girls including two of his sisters jill and jessa there's also like child pornography and a lot of pedophile and counting uh, yeah a lot of very inappropriate (laughs) stuff um the daughters initially came out and they said we forgive him you know blah 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 blah. this happened that was their yeah yeah no um so (laughs) the documentary actually looks at i believe jill (laughs) yeah they're all jays you'll hit it eventually (laughs) Yeah, because one of them is primarily featured in this documentary. I think Mm -hmm. it's Jill, um, who has at this point pretty much severed ties. Her and her husband at some point were adamant about not participating in the show anymore Mm -hmm. um, and primarily tell their story in this shiny happy people. I'm pretty sure a couple of the daughters have walked away completely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's sad. It's disgusting. Um, But IBLP is not an organization a cult that i was like super familiar with so i found that part of it I really really interesting all mormons are a, a cult it's not mormons 
They're not Mormons. They're not Whatever, affiliated what with is the, the oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Amish? Mennonite? Yeah, like all of like all those yeah. things that are like the subset. You yeah. Know. Yeah. No, yeah. The they're Mormon IBLP, adjacent. They're definitely Mormon <laughs> adjacent, yeah. They do not have any connection with the Mormon mm-hmm. church, though. I think a lot of people would assume that, but yeah. absolutely zero connection with the Mormon church. It's very much its own thing. Mm-hmm. They promote various forms of corporal punishment for children as young as infants, like newborns, to like train them to uh, listen and just be obedient. They have a buddy system where the oldest kid... <laughs> takes putting it (laughs) yeah that's what they call it the buddy system Mm -hmm. eldest children in order take care of uh the babies that mom is having Mm -hmm. uh and they all take turns to get new buddies and then they're pretty much responsible for that child's upbringing as far as clothing feeding bathing it's disgusting yeah that's not a child's responsibility to ever take care of another child ever yeah ever um obviously once these allegations against josh duggar came out tlc was like peace we are canceling the series. Um, interestingly enough, at the time, 19 Kids and Counting was bringing them in millions of dollars. And by canceling the series, they lost like $24 million in revenue. Good. It was crazy. Um, yeah. Um, they did try to do some spinoffs, but largely the family was just done yeah. being in the show. Well, the kids were done being in the show. The parents still wanted to, but, you know, because not- it's like nothing to see here. But um the documentary itself, you've, you've seen this, right? Interesting. Um, and I think looked at, because Jill Duggar is not the only one that's interviewed. Her cousin is interviewed, who was also a large participant in the show and various other members of IBLP. Yeah, there was a podcast also, like a limited series podcast. Oh, really? That um, covers the very similar things that I listened to before I watched this. So Yeah. Um, it's definitely... I think worth a watch because this is really the first sort of I don't even want to say expose, but first sort of documentary that like puts everything in one spot. Um, And this honestly came out at the time it did because Josh Duggar was just convicted in May 2021 of his child pornography charges and is Mm -hmm. currently serving 12 years in federal prison in Texas. Um, He survives it. We'll see if he survives it. Uh, after his son went into prison, his father, Jim Bob, still decided to run for office, ran for state senate in Arkansas. Bro, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's it's kind of wild. Uh, um, I think worth a watch, though. That's on Amazon Prime. It's called Shiny Happy People. Check it out. (laughs) Is that part of the show where we say content may not be appropriate for all listeners? Although this week, I think it's pretty okay. I think it's pretty appropriate for all listeners. Yeah, it's pretty okay. There's one part where it gets a little like, oh, God. Mine, it's pretty okay, I yeah. should say. So what are we talking about, Janelle? Well, I thought we could do something fun and weird for this episode, like I try to do for every episode. <laughs> um, but today we're going to talk about a crime that I think is the most serious crime we have ever Girl. talked about, Vicky. And I'm fucking talking about dog napping. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're wild. Yes, I said dog napping. And if someone took my dog, I would stab them in the fucking face for real. Okay, so this is why it's serious to me. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I still think murder's a little more serious, but like I don't know about that. Yeah, I think I still think murder's a little <laughs> what more do people serious. People provide like, that a dog doesn't provide. Okay, <laughs> nothing. The answer is nothing. <laughs> Conversation. I talk to my dog all the time. Yeah, but your dog don't talk back. He doesn't talk in back, English. He reacts in back. English. He reacts English back. reactions. I was like, oh my god, you're the cutest boy oh ever, god. and he's like, I know, bitch. girl. <laughs> You're wild. Um, But you might think that dog napping is like this new phenomenon with the 21st century or whatever, but it isn't. The word, of course, is more of a recent adage, but the crime itself has been around as long as we've been domesticating animals. Yeah. Dogs were protectors, helpers, co-workers. So the time it took to kind of catch, breed, train... It's a lot of work, and mm-hmm. so people would take dogs left and right because, you know, they're worth a lot. They do stuff. The first lost dog advertisement, I'm going to put lost dog because it was probably kidnapped, um, was actually in a catalog by the American Kennel Club, and it was the newspaper section called The Saver, and this was in 1683. So this mm-hmm. is the first, like, reported, like, my dog was taken. Yeah. Um, 
It's highly likely that there are earlier renditions, but like a newspaper before 1683 is kind of hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Um, But deliberate abductions, especially for ransom, is more of this like recent phenomenon. There is this interesting little writing by poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning about her cocker spaniel flush that kind of started talking about abductions with ransoms for dogs, which I thought was like this really, really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And it involved Virginia Woolf. You can look it up. It's very hilarious and weird. But it came out of a real event that happened to her where... um, Stop right there. (laughs) Don't... Girl, (laughs) we'll get into it. Which is... (laughs) Really wild and what Vicky will cover later. Yes. But it is something that um, kind of made it, like, not popular, but, like, people started becoming interested yeah. in it. Yeah. Which is what led to a, a dictionary definition. Really? <laughs> yes. Interesting. So that's why I wanted to kind of, like, mention it. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it led to... I was like, girl, don't step on my toes. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I swear. I'm just mentioning it. Uh, <laughs> But it's what led to Merriam-Webster putting in a dictionary in that time period called dog nap. Interesting. Was what came kind of like after that. And that's why I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. So I am i didn't think you would include no, the Merriam-Webster. That's why I was like. But that's the origin of the word, and which is yeah. why we call it dog napping now. So there is a lot of cases, a lot of newspapers that start to use dog napping after this and it showed up a few years later in full effect in like a headline in 1901 but like one of the biggest cases that used it in the headlines was actually a bunch of there were like a bunch of dog napping events in the 30s okay and so that's when it started to really become part of like a common lexicon of people like actually using the word Mm -hmm. so in the 1930s Dog napping started to be regularly used, and there were two high-profile cases at the time, and one was the Yale mascot. Oh, Hans- God. Handsome Dan, too, oh. was his name. What happened? I hope the first one just died of yes. natural causes. This is what okay. at the school I work at. Each dog, yeah. if it retires or dies, the next dog takes the same name, but with a number at the end. Do they have an actual husky that they... Yeah. Oh, Mission. I, I don't know that I knew that. Mission. Mm-hmm. That's weird. <laughs> the one that was before Mission 1 and 2, they're, they're on Mission 3 now, I think. Um, he had a different name. Oh, okay. Then they decided to start calling them Mission. But yeah, most gotcha. most mascot dogs have like a name. Gotcha. Um, so Handsome Dan was dognapped for a prank ransom. Oh, God. This was Yale and Harvard. Okay. But there's a really great article um, that came out of the newspaper in 1930s. Uh, it said, New Haven, Connecticut, March 15th. A threat of drastic action was hurled tonight at the Harvard dog nappers of Yale's bulldog mascot. Return handsome Dan within 36 hours or take the consequences was the message broadcasted by the freshman committee, which sponsored the purchase of the dog last fall. The committee headed to New Jersey and added that handsome Dan is a sick dog, and the veterans say he may die unless he is provided with his proper diet. Aww. So they had this dog, this bulldog, very purebred bulldog. Um, they have breathing and eating problems, so he yeah. had to eat specific like meat with like vegetables. And so they were concerned that the dog was going to die. Oh he didn't die right away. Right <laughs> he away. Died. He died a few months later, but I don't think it was related to the dog napping. It was they were using this dog as a mascot and can, if you can imagine the conditions of the 1930s dogs, yeah. Probably not great. Yeah. <laughs> The second case that happened that year, just a few months later, was a kidnapping of a dog called Kid Boot Ace, and it was a show dog. So you know how show dogs and show horses have weird names. Yeah. So the dog's name was Kid Boots Ace. Okay. And he was a purebred Boston Terrier who was a winner of the Westminster Dog Show. He was dognapped while making his rounds after winning the dog show. He was eventually safely returned, but the ordeal took months. And these two cases happened at the exact same time in the 1930s, and this is what put the terminology dognapping into, like, the forefront of our lexicon. Now, fast forward to the 1960s. Okay. Um, Animal Welfare Act legislation was starting to become more and more of a thing, and they were passing this... um, this law about animal welfare act and they wanted to include dog napping protection in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like crazy. Um, 
So there's this article that says, Seek Change in Dog Napping Bill. A spokesman for 1,200 medical research organizations urged a House subcommittee Monday to revise a dog bill designed to halt, quote-unquote, dog napping, interstate trafficking of stolen dogs and cats. The president of the National Society for Medical Research said in testimony prepared for the House subcommittee that the scientific community approves heartily of the basic objectives of this legislation. So they asked that the references to animals other than dogs and cats be eliminated from the bill, and it would impose a well-impossible burden to regulate trafficking of fish, frogs, turtles, reptiles, birds, and so many other mammal forms used in laboratories. So what this bill was trying to do, and it is a present bill, and it's been amended like 30,000 times. Of course. Um, they were trying to include in this like every single conceivable thing that you could do for animal welfare. Yeah. That includes saving animals from scientific research. That includes the um, taking of animals over interstate lines. That includes the mis- uh, treatment of animals in breeding programs. Okay. So the bill was kind of supposed to be like this general safety of animals. However, they kind of took out all of the actual dog napping. And so now within the bill, there's a lot of roundabout ways at this time yeah. that dog napping could be used um, in the court system, but it wasn't legitimately like just dog napping, how we think of it. Okay. okay. Of course, eventually the amendment was changed like a billion, like seriously, there's like a list of all the times that it was amended. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and Classic. They actually, Wheels of government move very yeah. slow. So they actually, in that bill too, is why we only use laboratory mice in the United States. Mm. Because that was the, they did regulate fish, frogs, turtles, reptiles, and birds and mammals. Okay. And, in the United States, if you're conducting research, you're only allowed to use a specific kind of laboratory mice. Yeah. Now, if you do your research outside of the United States, you can use whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Gets so a little a lot more of complicated. Will circumvent that by taking their research outside of the yeah. United States. But I digress. You would think that this would help curb dog nappings, but instead it's actually increased. Really? Increased. In 1976, more than 100 dogs per month were being taken and held for ransom in the Chicago area alone. Let me repeat that. A hundred dogs per month in Chicago alone mm-hmm. in 1976. That's yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. The American Kennel Club began to track pet thefts in the United States in 2007. Wow. Okay. <laughs> kind of surprised. And they found that in 2009 alone, a 30% increase from 2007 when they started this to 2009 in this type of dog napping crime. Wow. wonder why. So the dogs that are being kidnapped are purebreds for the most part. Yeah. And purebred dogs are worth a lot. Yeah. Well, I feel like the demand for them has gone up because Mm -hmm. it is sort of a status thing, right? It's like, so I could see that. Yeah. So a lot has happened. But the case that we're going to talk about is going to be about Lady Gaga's beloved dogs. You know I stand Lady Gaga. Yes. I I stand her. Oh, my God. So this is 2021. This is... A recent story. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when this was all happening. It's this is, wild. This is pandemic times. Yeah. In February of 2021, Lady Gaga's beloved dog, Koji and Gustavo, who were French purebred bulldogs, were dog oh That day, her dog walker, Ryan Fisher, was walking all three of her dogs, which is Koji, Gustavo, and Asia. Asia is the female, and Koji and Gustavo are two males. He was out walking through a neighborhood when several armed assailants stopped him and attempted to take all three dogs. Now, I have a link to a video of the actual dog napping caught in progress. So it's okay. linked in there if you want to um, watch it. I'm going to put it up here with the volume on. I don't know if there is a lot of talking over this video, actually. Um, I watched it with the captions on while I was at work. So, <laughs> Gotcha. Am I supposed to come over there and watch it? You can watch it, yeah. Okay. So we're going to stop it there. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen the actual actual video. It 
That's um, crazy. I, I didn't watch That's a it lot. at first because I was afraid of the sound, um, which yeah. I was correct to. Um, well, it's hard to tell what's going on because there's like a fence right in front of where everything's yes. happening. So it's like. So it is three um, men that come out of the car in black clothing and kind of masks, but not really. And um, they immediately, two of them pull the dog walker, Ryan Fisher, like away. Yeah. He was able to hold on to Asia, the dog, the girl dog, but the he released the other two because he was holding them in two separate hands. And so then the third man takes the two dogs and they're wrestling with him trying to take the third dog. And he literally is like panicking. And it's not that he's not trying to let go of the leash he's like having this response where he's just clutching like he won't let he can't let go yeah and you can tell he's like yeah. pant like full on fucking full panic panicking. which i'm like it is crazy to me that nobody hears that and comes oh, out they did did they okay they did right like when the gunshot happened yeah yeah because he's um, screaming he's for screaming. his life so he kind of is basically fighting a little bit when he's like please don't please don't um, they wrestled two of the three dogs from him. And in the police report, it reads the dog walker was shot at 940 p.m. local time in Hollywood in the 1500 block of Sierra Bonita Avenue. The male suspect in the shooting took the two dogs from the victim, shot him using a semi-automatic, semi-automatic handgun and fled the scene in a white sedan driving north on Sierra Bonita Avenue towards Hollywood Boulevard. In all of the stories, you can actually go on his Instagram and still read all of the stuff. Fisher recounted laying on the ground, bleeding out. And, like, I'm going to cry just, like, thinking about this. But the little dog, Asia, curled up next to him and in a pool of his blood and was, like, waiting on him. And he's, like, gently yelling as the – because he's he almost bled to death. Yeah. he Like, they shot him square in the fucking chest in his lung. Yeah. And thankfully, the people heard the gunshot. The people ran outside in that neighborhood – um, they were trying to, like, stop the bleeding. They called the police. He was rushed to the hospital. He thankfully made it. Um, but if no one would have come outside within the next, you know, 10 to 15 minutes with the police and stopped the bleeding, he would have bled to death. Like, yeah. shot him, like, right oh in gosh. the fucking chest. That's so scary. Um, he did almost die in the hospital. Um, they let him go. Like, they released him. And then, for some reason, there was some complication. His lung collapsed. Oh, my God. Like, the next day after his release. And he yeah. had to go back. Um, he thankfully was okay. I think Lady Gaga gave him like a bajillion dollars. Yeah. Which <laughs> for, she's like, good like saving that. her dog. Yeah, she's her good dog, like that. Yeah. On February 26th, uh, 2021, Lady Gaga offered a reward of $500,000 for someone to safely return Koji and Gustavo to her. And she wrote on social media, quote, my beloved dogs Koji and Gustavo were taken in Hollywood two nights ago. My heart is sick and I'm praying for my family. We will be whole again with this act of kindness. I will pay $500,000 for their safe return. Email Koji and Gustavo at Gmail to contact us. If you bought or found them unknowingly, the reward is the same. Okay. I continue to love you, Ryan Fisher. You risked your life to fight for our family. You're forever a hero. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting oh emotional. My God. But like the Because thought, she's the fucking best. <laughs> she's the best. She's a this treasure. Fucking guy almost died over dogs. Like it's so crazy to me that people are out here like literally doing this. Yeah. But like Lady Gaga's little monsters, man. That's all I have to say. Yes. Like mm, love you, mother monster. <laughs> yes. Like the show dogs. <laughs> So detectives, I mean, it could be that I'm I'm getting on my period. That's probably right. Um, but Dude, I fucking hate that. Okay, can we be real? Like, oh my second? god, just thinking about I hate the realization. When you're like, oh my god, this is just touching me, and I'm just crying about everything. Oh wait, I'm just about to get my fucking period. That's why. Literally, like an hour and a half ago, I'm like, oh. Okay, it struck me. Oh, um, my God. That's so funny. So detectives did not initially believe that the suspects were targeting the victim because they knew that those were Lady Gaga's dogs. Yeah. They thought that it it's because they're purebred French bulldogs. That's the most popular dog in the United really? States right now. And they were robbing this man of these dogs because they were going to resell it. It's a robbery motivation. Yeah. Now, they are ranked the most expensive and popular dog breed and they can sell for four thousand dollars on average oh my god and that would be like street credit value for that yeah um 
if you buy them from a breeder firsthand, it's more than four thousand dollars. Oh, so I'm you sure. Know. Yeah, <laughs> especially I'm if sure. they're a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Um, adopt. Don't shop for the love of fucking god. Yes. So a woman. Then, a few days later, brought in two French bulldogs to the police station on a Friday night, and she said that, I think these are Lady Gaga's French bulldogs. She said, I don't know what happened. I'm not involved. I found these two dogs tied to a pole outside on the street. She reached out to the person who had left a sign that says they were for sale, and she's returning them for the reward. Now, this is highly suspicious. Yeah. So... They start investigating. They start looking into this woman just to be on the safe side. And this is March now. Um, it was getting a little bit closer. But there was a news article that stated the people who stole Lady Gaga's two French bulldogs and shot her dog walker may have been part of a gang initiation. And it also said in a separate article on the same day that the woman who found the dogs hasn't received her $500,000 reward because the cops have not cleared her yet. Right. So... They didn't believe this woman from the jump. And essentially, they were actively investigating her immediately as soon as oh they brought God. in. Which she, good. She's like, here's the dogs. They're like, where's your ID, bitch? And yeah. like started looking into her. Yeah. By April, so this happened in February, by April, there were arrests made. The police have since identified James Jackson, Jalen White, and Lafayette Whaley as three men who approached Fisher that day in February. And they have been charged with armed robbery and attempted murder. Jackson's believed to have been the person who fired the gun at Fisher. Um, he's uh, facing additional charges of assault with a semiotic firearm and being a felon. He concealed this firearm in the vehicle. So guess what? Another charge. Oh, my God. <laughs> the LAPD also named Jalen's Jalen White's father, Harold White, as an accessory to attempted murder. And the woman who brought in the dogs, Brittany McBride is her name. She is Harold White's girlfriend. Oh, boy. Okay. Association, six degrees separated. Not even, it's like one degree separated. One degree, yeah. Um, So she's the one who brought the dogs in, and she faces the exact same charges because the investigation revealed her relationship with Harold and the fact that she knew this was happening the entire time. Oh, my God. So People are so dumb. People are so fucking (laughs) dumb. Police say Lafayette Whaley drove James Howard, Jackson, and Jalen White around as they searched for French bulldogs. (laughs) Jackson and White attacked Fisher, hitting and choking him before Jackson hit him with the semiotic gun in his chest. Yeah. Like, we're beating him up. It's fucking horrible. Now, just last year, 2022. Okay. Jackson took a plea deal and was sentenced to 21 years in prison. Whaley pled not no contest and was sentenced to six years in prison, while wow. Jalen White pleaded no contest and was sentenced to four years in prison. Brittany McBride, who was in that relationship with Harold White, the both of them were charged with one count of accessory after the fact, and then Harold was charged with possession of a firearm. Okay, so did anybody get charged with, like, attempted murder or anything? Um, no, because they pled no contest and they had a plea deal. So the guy who shot uh, him okay. was the one who took the first plea deal. That's why okay. he got 21 years in prison. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Got so it. So it was kind of hard to keep track of who shot the guy. Yeah, but, yeah right, the right. Guy was but I'm like, no, that's definitely attempted murder on someone. Like, yeah. So um, McBride actually pled no contest and she was then charged instead with receiving stolen property and was sentenced to two years of probation. So they kind of lessened that for her. Okay. Um, Harold White pled no contest in his sentencing, but I haven't found any sentencing information that's been updated. Okay. Um, so that just the charges, but I'm imagine he probably will get probation as well because he didn't. Was well, like I mean, major... the firearm issue is a separate issue, but yeah. like for the actual like property issue, I know yeah. it'll be. Yeah. But in a plot twist. Okay. Brittany McBride's audacity. She claims that she never received the $500,000 reward despite her alleged involvement in the crime. She sued Lady Gaga for breach of a, quote, contract, fraud by false promise, and fraud by misrepresentation because she stated that Lady Gaga stated in her statement about the reward that there would be no questions asked. Okay. She explained that she suffered 
damages that were compensatory damages. She uh, suffered from mental anguish, pain and suffering, and loss of enjoyment of life as a result of not being paid. Okay. This is recent. This happened at the beginning of this year. Yeah. The judge in this case said there's one major problem with McBride's lawsuit is that she was actively convicted of the connection to the crime, and so she can't sue because she's guilty of receiving stolen property yeah interesting (laughs) interesting so they made it really clear when they dismissed this lawsuit um they said that mcbride's pursuant of these claims would allow her to benefit from her admitted wrongdoing um lady gaga in the news and in the court case called this ridiculous and the court Agreed. And so everything was dismissed. The judge said McBride would have 20 days to try to amend the complaint, but it hasn't been amended yet. Okay. Um, And it's coming up on 20 days. Okay. And so Lady Gaga got her dogs back. All of these people were convicted. The dog walker survived full recovery, long back to capacity. But I thought I would end my bit with explaining um, some tips and tricks on how to make sure your dog doesn't get dognapped, okay? Okay. One of the most common mistakes that you can do is to leave your dog unattended. Right. So if you bring your dog on errands, don't leave them alone. Don't leave them alone outside. Um, don't leave them in the car by themselves for many reasons. Yeah. Not just because they're going to I know. Get I'm like, napped. not just dog napping, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Be aware of your surroundings and alert while you're walking. Make sure that you are um, paying attention to any suspicious vehicles, fellow dog walkers who are coming too close to you. Mm -hmm. Beware of signs that say beware of dog. Now, this is a weird one, okay? So people will post these signs as like positioned kind of deterrence to put people into other areas. So like push a person to walk in a separate area. Yeah. And so, which is really bizarre, but this has been proven apparently that if you have a beware of dog sign, like just be cautious that they're trying to push you into an area to walk where they, you can be. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would not have thought of that. So other things to do is microchip your dog obviously yeah i'm like that's just general good advice (laughs) um spaying and neutering your dog also will be a deterrent because they want to sell these dogs mostly for breeding breeding. yeah especially if they're purebred yeah um be selective with the information you share about your dog so like saying that it's a high value purebred dog posting where you frequently walk your dog you know all these very you know Saying that you haven't some there was a bunch of celebrities say that they their dogs have these high end insurance on them like don't do that yeah, don't make that public. Um, but those are just some tips and tricks. But obviously, like the most common thing is like don't leave your dog alone. Yeah, microchip them. Yes. Um, if you're also like really a a cautious person like I am, there's this new thing now where people are putting air tags on yeah. their dog's collar yeah. so that they can track them in real time because a microchip will take time. Right. right. Like it, it has to be scanned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so air tags are another way that you could add it to their leash, to their collar, um, and then they, they could be tracked in real time. Yeah. Um, but those are just some tips and tricks to prevent your dog from being dog napped. Nice. Um, but Vicky, let's talk about your case. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so this was a really interesting topic because honestly, like when you start looking at dog napping stories, they are not the most beefy research um, subjects because they are kind of a blip. It's not necessarily yours. Like Lady, that story of Lady Gaga is like kind of wild. And because it is somebody who's famous and like the actual actions are just like kind of wild, like there's Mm -hmm. more to it. So they become a little tricky to like research Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit that isn't just like a little blip but i started looking into some of these cases and i got sort of steered toward dog napping in victorian london Mm -hmm. which apparently was a huge ass problem yeah so in ross uh gilfillan's book crime and punishment in victorian london a street level view of the city's underworld um he looks at the city underworld of victorian london from like pickpockets to pornographers basically Mm -hmm. um but he included this really interesting little passage about um dog napping that i wanted to start with quote even dogs aren't safe in victorian london especially henry mayhew notes those dogs ladies are fond of spaniels poodles and terriers sporting dogs such as setters and retrievers and also newfoundlands Having exhausted his list of dogs at risk, Mayhew describes the modus operandi of a typical dog thief. When they see a handsome dog with a lady or gentleman, they follow it to see where their person resides. And they then loiter about the house for days with a piece of liver prepared by a certain process and soaked in some ingredient which dogs are uncommonly fond of. They are so partial to it, they will follow the stranger some distance. It's food. (laughs) (laughs) Bitches in heat are also used to decoy unwary dogs. When a valuable dog follows, uh, it is picked up and taken home, where the dog nappers wait for a reward to be offered for its return. The owner is told the dog will be returned for a certain sum of money. If not, it will be killed. Some dogs, Mayhew says, are stolen three or four times. Just as pickpockets have their fences, so the dog stealers have dog receivers or dog fanciers, men who will return the dog for part of the reward. Dogs are frequently restored by agencies of this description, Mayhew says. Like today's high-end cars, some of those stolen are sent to Germany, where English dogs are sold at a high price. So... That kind of gives you an idea of what was going on. Um, Henry Mayhew was a journalist at the time, and he also noted that there was an estimated – that he estimated, quote, there was as many as 141 individual dog uh, dog stealers operating in London, with 45 of them considering dog napping to be their main profession – Around the same time, one estimate put the industry's income as 4,000 pounds, which is approximately $60,000 today. So clearly, like you said, through the the ages, though, like 18th century and into the 19th century, like this has been a real issue. Mm -hmm. And in like the, the end of the 18th century into the 19th century, some of the dog... Uh, dog napping rings in Victorian London earned the moniker the dog banditti. <laughs> um, apparently, the dogs even had value if they were dead, um, as there was quite a lucrative market for dog skin leather gloves. Which, it's according such to such a weird juxtaposition. Yeah. It's like, oh, these precious dogs, but also 
accessories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so according to Stephanie Howard Smith for History Today, quote, these dogskin leather gloves were a must have luxury item and reputed to moisturize the hands. Even the philosopher Jeremy Bentham, who argued against causing unnecessary suffering to animals, owned a pair. It's just so moisturizing. I mean, the dog's already dead. <laughs> I mean, might as well. I need my moisture. <laughs> Use all points or all parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to mention, because this I thought was really interesting, didn't know this was a thing. Stephanie Howard Smith um, is actually a historian of human-dog relations in the 18th century. That's very specific. Very specific. And research administrator for the AR- AHRC-funded Pet Histories and Wellbeing Project. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So there's like a market for people who want dog histories. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this all leads me to the person you mentioned earlier, Elizabeth Barrett, um, and the story of what is called the most dramatic dog napping of the 19th century. <laughs> I mean, it's all dramatic, really. But it's I mean, all very dramatic. Lady Gaga has obviously taken over that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the yeah, dr- yeah. most dramatic yeah. part. <laughs> so for some of you, you may recognize the name Elizabeth Barrett Browning um, from arguably her most well-known uh, writing Sonnet 43, which the opening line is, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. old chestnut. And I wanted to highlight that because her being a writer is directly why the dog napping word became a dictionary word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that even the Virginia Wolf piece is mm-hmm. like kind of weird because she like, it was this very experimental like thing where she was looking at life through a dog's eyes yes <laughs> i mean it's all very strange it's very strange. all but if you're into but like Virginia yes yes nuts. <laughs> and i'm like if you're into literary greats like this mm-hmm. is the story for that because mm-hmm. elizabeth barrett is so connected to just like all yes. these avenues so let me give you a little bit of background on her because it is kind of important to mm-hmm. the story um, soft soul. <laughs> she is a very, very soft soul and soft body, yes. frankly. <laughs> All the soft. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she was born in England in March 1806 and was the oldest of 12 kids, eight boys and four girls. There was a little bit of controversy surrounding her birth because she was born like just slightly before her parents got married. And so, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Scandal. So in order to conceal this, they pushed her actual christening back um, like two years. Okay. So she was like christened in secret, but they did like this public christening two years later um, just to make sure everybody knew that heirs, she, she was born after they got married. Mm-hmm. Don't you know? Um, <laughs> now, uh, her family was pretty fucking rich. I would say mm-hmm. they lived on a five. She could write. Yeah, right. <laughs> they lived on a 500 acre estate called Hope End, mm-hmm. where they had this huge opulent mansion. Um, her education consisted of a home tutor and Barrett began writing prose and verse at the age of four, which is wild. Like, yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. And we've already talked about this, but she ends up becoming one of the most uh, famous Victorian uh, poets in England and in the U.S. at the time. Um, In fact, her mother collected most of her poetry, making it one of the largest extant collections of juvenilia by any English writer. Yeah. Because most people would discourage that. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, And because of this, she was kind of raised to be this very independent woman. Little women vibes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Barrett, like many... Victorian folk, including some of her siblings, became ill with a mystery illness around the age of six, 15 <laughs> Could or 16. It be just from eating meat and not drinking water? Yeah, right. <laughs> Could that be it? Um, mystery solved. <laughs> I've pretty much seen it referred to as the syndrome, is mm, what they called being it. A woman. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it was described as an infection illness combined with. So they, tr- they a lot of times I see this equated to the spinal injury from falling off of a horse, mm. but I've also seen more modern takes on it. That's like, yeah, that's not really connected mm-hmm. to this. The the horse falling, and while her siblings recovered, the symptoms pretty much stayed with her for the rest of her life. Mm. 
Now it's believed that she was suffering from either myalgic encephalomyelitis slash chronic fatigue syndrome is what it's more normally called, polio or hypokalemic periodic paralysis. Alrighty. Don't know what any of those are. <laughs> can't but move. <laughs> yeah, basically very tired, can't move. Um, <laughs> same girl. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, Barrett was sent away for recovery at like a spa. Seaside. Yeah, it was like yeah, sent typical. away. Um, and then she ends up relying on opiates, uh, like laudanum. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, so she pretty much takes laudanum for the rest of her life, essentially. Um, around 13 years later, Elizabeth comes down with another illness that we now would think of as a tuberculosis ulceration of the lungs. Yum. <laughs> right? And during this recovery, a family friend of the Barretts um, and fan of Elizabeth's work, John Kenyon, gifted her a spaniel named Flush, which is a weird state for a dog, but okay. Um, and this Flush provided incredible comfort to her while she was sick um, and stuck inside with illness. Now, eventually, she becomes well enough to leave the house for short trips, but a lot of times they were very painful, very tiring. So fast forward to September 1846. Uh, 40-year-old Elizabeth was running errands with her younger sister, Arabelle. Now, of course, Flush accompanied them on their errands. Um, although at this time, what I'm realizing is it was pretty common for dogs to not be on leashes. Oh, yes. They would mm-hmm. just like walk along with their owners, which is also why so many of them got fucking stolen, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, didn't really have leashes. And this was the case at this time. So the two women, having finished their shopping, um, hopped into their carriage to head home while Flush waited next to the wheel of the carriage. Um, And this is from Crime Reads, quote, once she was seated, Elizabeth called Flush. Flush did not spring into her lap as expected. Elizabeth and her sister frantically searched underneath, underneath the chassis and scanned the bustling streetscape for any sign of him, but he was gone. In only a moment, Elizabeth's beloved dog had vanished without a trace. (laughs) So, obviously, Elizabeth was devastated, incredibly concerned, um, and both women knew of the dog banditti that was, like, running around London stealing Mm -hmm. dogs. Turns out that Barrett and her sister had been followed for much of the day by the dog nappers waiting for the right moment to strike. Uh, Many people believe that Elizabeth was chosen because she appeared very frail, um, and was very soft spoken, you know, thanks mm-hmm. to her illness. And frankly, she was like five one, like she was a tiny woman. So Elizabeth and Arabelle arrived home and began waiting for the inevitable ransom note that would follow. In the meantime, Arabelle informed their younger brother Taylor, or I'm sorry, their younger brother Henry, about the dog napping, and he sprung into action, searching for a mysterious man named Taylor. <laughs> Why might you ask? Because this wasn't actually the first time that Flush had been taken. Um, It wasn't even the second time. It was the third time (laughs) that he had been stolen. So the first time it happened in September 1843, Flush was grabbed while on a walk. Um, The Barrett family put up flyers in search of the dog. And one of the siblings, Elizabeth's brother, Alfred, had received information that it had been taken by this Taylor guy. Now, again, this is from Crime Reads, quote, he called on Taylor, who told him the Barretts had already doomed their dog. Alfred asked why, and Taylor spat, precisely because of your handbills. You have been so ill-advised as to make the affair known. Police are on the alert, and in all such cases, the custom of the fancy is to send off the dogs in question instantly, either abroad or into the country. It is a fatal step to make a loss known to the police. It's like, fuck your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a bit of searching, Taylor later showed up at the Barrett's residence demanding five pounds and that somebody accompany him to go retrieve the dog. Mm-hmm. So he had found it. Elizabeth was pretty much like, I'll give you whatever you want. But her dad was like, nah, this is <laughs> bullshit. This is just a dog. He was very much like, we're not giving these people this money for just a dog. And she's like, yeah. but this dog Classic is my best move. friend. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so he kind of was like not super thrilled for that and sends Taylor away. 
Uh, but Elizabeth decides to take matters into her own hands, reaching out to Taylor, saying she'd pay up. And then a few days later, her brother Henry and Taylor met in a public place where they made the exchange of the dog for the money. <laughs> Flesh was finally re- returned home. He only had a leg injury at the time. Um, at this time, Taylor informed the Barrett family that actually the dog nappers had been watching them for two years, waiting <laughs> for the right time. time. I know. Leave your dog at home, honey. I'd be like, I'm never taking him out Do you know how easily you could die in two years in Victorian London? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's a long time. He also told them that if Flush was taken again, to come and find him, and he would retrieve the dog for the family. Mm -hmm. The second time came just a year later uh, in October 1944 in a very similar situation. This time, Elizabeth knew to get in (laughs) touch with Taylor right away to get Flush back. (laughs) yeah no one's suspicious no not suspicious at all uh that time taylor increased the demand to six pounds with a warning that if it were to happen again the price would increase again to 10 pounds elizabeth paid up without question somehow managed to keep it secret from her father knowing that he was going to be Mad not only that this stupid dog got <laughs> taken a second fucking time, but that she so readily just like paid up right away. He was probably not going to be happy with that. So this is why when it happened a third time, Henry knew immediately to go to find this Taylor character and see what was up. Mm-hmm. So according to Henry, Taylor had said he already knew about the dog napping um, and that he would come by the family home later that day. But when the afternoon came, they still had not heard anything about Taylor um, or if he was coming and didn't know where her her precious pup was at. So she sent a letter all about it to another great poet of the time, Robert Browning. Now, Robert's involvement adds this entirely new layer to the story because he and Elizabeth had, like, fallen in love. They were planning this dramatic escape (laughs) out of London um, and away from her father's clutches, who Mm -hmm. she felt was just, like, very overbearing, didn't listen to her, was just like, I need to get out of this prison that is my father, you know. Um, So they they were planning on... Um, trying to leave. In her letter to Robert, Elizabeth said, quote, I belong to that pitiful order of weak women who cannot command their bodies when they're with their souls at every moment and who sink down in hysterical disorder when they ought to act and resist. Wow, honey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was clearly in distress. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. Um, so much so that she was like questioning whether or not she could handle eloping with Robert to Italy. And she was like, well, we're definitely not fucking going to like get my dog back. Like, mm-hmm. we are not. And Taylor um, didn't ever show up at, a, at the house that day, mm-hmm. as he had promised. Um, it wouldn't be until the following evening that Elizabeth would receive any news about Flush's fate. Uh, Taylor arrived the following evening, told the family that Flush was being held in Whitechapel. Are you familiar with Whitechapel at all? I am. That is where Jack the Ripper resided. (laughs) It is. That's probably what it's most famous for, too. So the dog was being held in Whitechapel, and he also told Elizabeth that she would probably have to pay 10 pounds to get him back. Um, For reference, it's the equivalent of about $1,300. That's kind of where it's at. So... Elizabeth was incredibly worried um, about getting that kind of money on short notice. Mm -hmm. And she also didn't particularly want to negotiate because there was dozens, maybe hundreds of stories of dogs like legs or heads being mailed back if somebody like dared negotiate Mm -hmm. the price. Um, So after meeting with the cartel and returning once again, Taylor told the family that they would be able to get flush back for the Lola payment of six pounds, six guineas. When he returned this time, uh, Elizabeth wasn't even aware that he was in the house. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) And because Henry and Elizabeth's father had met him at the door. And so they were the ones who met him. They denied the payment, didn't tell her that he had shown up at all until like the next day. And she was like, what the fuck? Because all of a sudden, these decisions about her dog are being made by people who are not her. Yeah. She was like, fuck that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she decided to take matters into her own hands because she was not willing to just leave Flush at the mercy of these dog nappers. So she got in touch with her love, Robert, to mm-hmm. ask for help. Uh, Robert was more than happy to oblige, saying he'd do anything to get Flush back, including take the head of Taylor if need be. However, he, yeah, right. He wasn't able to do any of this because he was like in bed sick. Oh my God, stop. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I'll do anything. Just not right now. Like I'm mm-hmm. wicked sick. Give me a couple weeks. Oh, I thought he'd be like, I just need to send a footman to do this. For yeah, me. right. <laughs> no, he didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But this kind of worked in Elizabeth's favor because as the feminist that she was, she really was like way feminist leaning. Mm-hmm. Um she sort of became like empowered by his passivity. Like she was like, well, if you're not going to do something, I'm going to do something. Classic. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. And frankly, Robert wasn't really that big a fan of Flush. Like anytime he'd come over, like Flush would just like bark at him and shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So despite Robert advising against it, Elizabeth decided to take matters into her own hands and travel to Whitechapel to gather information about Taylor. (laughs) Now just imagine... This no. <laughs> well-to-do, sort of sickly lady. Sort of sickly, yeah. <laughs> sort of sickly. Going to Whitechapel. Yeah. Interesting not sight. Not, not a great idea. <laughs> so Elizabeth brings her maid with her, who was like, the, I saw all these descriptions of her being like the nervous maid. She was like, we shouldn't yeah. be doing this. We should go back to the house. Mm-hmm. We really shouldn't be here. Um, and the two of them went to the Riverside Slum of Whitechapel. While on the way there, the cab driver had to stop for directions because he wasn't even sure where he was going. The street where Taylor supposedly lived was like some really weird, obscure street that like nobody knew about. So they finally make it there. When she gets there, she was greeted by a small gang of men who were... A gang of small men or a small gang Small of gang of men. <laughs> Maybe there were some small men in there. Who knows? They started hassling her about trying to find Taylor. Uh, they said, why don't you get out of the cab? We can help you better if you're out of the cab. To either do what? Take your stuff or hurt you? Yeah, right. Madam. Uh, she never got out of the cab. Well, yeah. For the record. The first smart thing yeah. I've heard her do. <laughs> yeah, although she, she never got out of the cab, Elizabeth was sure she was on the right track thanks to this gang of men showing up. And then... Mentioning Taylor without Elizabeth ever saying anything like we're looking for Taylor. She didn't have to mention it. They were just like, oh, you're looking for Taylor? Why don't mm-hmm. you get out? And then they even referenced the dog without them saying anything about looking for Flush. Mm-hmm. So she was like, ah, I'm pretty sure I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. Then a woman claiming to be Taylor's wife came out saying that Taylor wasn't home. And wouldn't you like to get out and wait? Like, wait for him to come home? Mm-hmm. Elizabeth refused, saying, quote, It is not necessary that I should get out, but it was that Mr. Taylor should keep his promise about the restoration of a dog, which he had agreed to restore. Mm-hmm. She then said she expected Flush to be brought home by the end of the day and instructed the driver to leave. Mic drop. <laughs> Boom. Which I kind of love. I know where you live, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. It straight up was like, it was kind of a Victorian mic drop moment because like she just shows up, not in the greatest part of town, is like, I'm here to do business. Your husband better bring me my fucking dog because I know where you guys live now and we will be back. Mm-hmm. Like, and then just leaves. Bye. <laughs> it's wild. So soon after Elizabeth's return home, uh, Taylor shows up at the Barrett's household Surprise. <laughs> asking for six guineas for Flush's return. <laughs> but as Elizabeth was about to pay Taylor, her brother Alfred spotted them again and began yelling at Taylor, who, who left immediately, swearing they would never see the dog again. Uh, after Taylor left, Elizabeth began gathering her things to return to Whitechapel once again. But one of her, um, her younger brother's Septimus Offered to go what instead. What a name. What a name, I know. <laughs> um, so Elizabeth was like, yeah, that's fine. You can go as long as you follow the instructions I give you to the letter. And gives him some instructions. He leaves. And then just after 8 p.m., Septimus returned with flush and toe, a little dirty and underweight, but largely okay. Yeah, he was largely okay. 
After this third dog napping, Elizabeth was like more motivated than ever to get the fuck out, leave London. To watch her fucking dog, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, And elope with Robert to Italy. Elizabeth's parents were very against the marriage due to Robert being from a working class family. But they ignored their concerns and they were married secretly in September 1846. Only a week after Flush's recovery. <laughs> See, she kept her promise. Oh, yeah. This dog back, you get yeah. this. So they get, the do- <laughs> yeah, they get the dog back. They get married a week later. And then a week after that, Elizabeth sneaks out of her house, meets with Robert, and the two leave for Italy never to return to London again. With the dog, right? With the dog, with yes. The they dog, take the Flush. Right? Oh, Flush- my God. If she left the dog, I would have flipped I know, right? table. <laughs> Flush went with them, living with the family until he died in Florence in June 1850. 54. What a place to die. He was 13 years old. Oh my God, he survived that yes. long getting kidnapped he that was much. 13 when he finally died. It's be so high stress for a dog. Yeah. But this is a London street dog. No. <laughs> not really. Not really. No, you not know, really. It's like getting fed nice stuff. But I feel like if you make it through three dog nappings and then move to Italy, it's like, okay, you can survive that. After the first dog napping, she yeah. should have been like, and here's what we do. We yeah. have a person follow us. Yeah, true. To make sure no one is following us. Or put your dog on a leash. Put a dog on a There's leash. There's an easier Don't solution. Don't take the dog out of your home. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Weird. you're going to your countryside home. Yes. True. <laughs> and then let them homes. run free. Yeah. Your two homes. That's yeah, right. it. Like, what? No. So that is um, Victorian dog napping and yeah. Elizabeth Barrett. Very exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before you decide to steal someone's dog. Read Virginia Woolf. Read I Virginia Woolf. That. Yes. <laughs> uh, but also listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at ad-libbing. <laughs> and you're listening to High Expectations. The promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies, banter, and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay! Please subscribe. Goodbye! His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Well, Janelle, that has been our show. Mm-hmm. We're done. Sure has. <laughs> We're done. Before we leave, <laughs> the, God. Before we wrap up today, uh, just a quick reminder: we are not going to have any releases next month in November. I believe that should be next month by the time this comes out. <laughs> just like what are we so, recording? What is happening? Yeah. Um. So there will not be any release in November. We will be back in the month of December, just in time for the holidays. Yes. Um, and then we'll update with you guys some stuff there, I'm sure. I yeah, don't know. Things are happening. Things are happening. I'm not sure what they are, but yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you have anything retrograding right yeah, right. now? <laughs> Do you have anything to close out with? I mean, keep your dogs close. And, and your enemies closer? And your oh. and your leash is even fucking closer. Yeah, right. I this is something I actually still have to deal with in like everyday life is there's people that come around in my neighborhood without dog their dogs on a leash. It drives me crazy. Literally last week, someone's leashless dog almost attacked another dog who was in their yard on a leash. Yeah. So fuck off with the no leashes. Every right. time there's a guy that walks down the street. I will talk to Bo really loudly and be like, yeah, dog on a leash. And Bo's like, stop, fucking stop. And I'm like, no, I'll never stop. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's the dog that almost there too. attacked somebody. So yeah. fuck you, sir. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Keep your dog on a leash and don't steal other people's dogs. Yeah, and don't murder. Yeah. Uh, on that note... <laughs> Our sound and editing is by Tiff Fullman. Our music is by Jason Zachowski, the Enigma. <laughs> this has been the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. We will see you in one month. 
And two weeks. Okay. And two weeks, maybe. <laughs> One month and uh, two weeks? Yeah, we'll see yeah. you in December. We'll see you when we get. <laughs> Goodbye. It was as if a wave of evil washed over this town. We are all evil in some form or another.